I can almost taste the plot development because things are starting to come together for Octavia and company. What other knowledge is this library hiding? How do all the pieces of this puzzle come together? And are we sure our hosts know how to read a calendar? That'll make sense in about 30 seconds. Welcome to me, my spouse, and a dog. Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident spooky dungeon master. <laughs> me, my spouse, and a die is a family-friendly Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Mawir, a land that has been ravaged by a war against monsters for 15 years. Happy Halloween, because I think if I'm doing my calculations right. But he really didn't. This episode should come out the Wednesday before. Happy Halloween Eve. Halloween. But it wasn't. So put the final touches on those costumes. Get your candy ready mm -hmm. for those annoying little brats. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we're your families, we love all of you. I children. mean, children, if you are listening. Be good. And, yeah. be, be, be safe. Yes. Yeah, I never celebrated Halloween growing up. We were not a big Halloween family. The extent of our Halloween festivities were usually a uh, party at school and like mm. elementary school mm -hmm. because we lived in, uh, I grew up in rural Ohio where there were no sidewalks. Yeah, that would actually be legit scary. Yeah, there were no sidewalks in like the the area where mm -hmm. my house was. So we did not trick I've never been trick or treating. We did not trick or treat because uh one my family just wasn't super into Halloween and two it was one of those things where you would have to drive to, you know, the township over to get anything and at that point uh, so we just did, you know, we still did costumes for oh, school and all that. But not a big Halloween family. Yeah. Well, my sister's birthday is on Halloween. That's right. So that was always, you know, we, we would celebrate her. So we would always have, we had this special jack, like porcelain jack-o'-lantern that we'd always pull out. And we'd always have like candy corn and have, you know, birthday, birthday kind of Halloween type of mm -hmm. things with bunches of like cute ghosties on things. But you know, we never did. We never really did anything with costumes. Um, never really did anything beyond, you know, having it be my sister's birthday, yep. which you know that's just pretty a big deal. Yep. Yep. So, mm -hmm. not not super Halloweeny, but to all those who are, go dress up as Octavia and Carhoon and send us pictures. Yes! Oh my gosh, I would die if. If anyone does that. I don't know what you get, but you get something special. Yes. We'll send you stickers or something. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, um, that would be sick. That would be cool. Continue sending in your crit cards, mm -hmm. both crit successes and crit fails, both to the um, our email address, me, my spouse, and a die at gmail.com, or there's a handy form that you can use on our website where everything will just, you can just put the info in and hit submit if that would be easier for you. Just me, my spouse, and a die.com. 
Yep, we did not have any combat last time, mm-hmm. so we didn't get a chance to use Even any. Even though I did roll multiple nat 20s, which was exciting. And multiple nat 1s. And multiple. <laughs> so. Well, I had a couple modded ones because my investigation is a negative one, so it's... <laughs> Regardless, we will see if we get to any today yeah. or not. Oh, this exploration has been fun, though, and just, mm-hmm. ugh, I want to know. It's going on. <laughs> so we can come back into it. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that for the next hour, all of the rooms have a jack o' lantern in them somewhere. And <laughs> the music, like music, has slightly changed. Everything is organ now. Yes. My mom was always really offended growing up about how harpsichord and organs were always. The bad guy music because she is a harpsichordist and an organist, and so she'd always yeah. be like, "It's a beautiful instrument, but it's yeah. always the bad guys." And as yeah. kids, we'd be like, "Cause it's creepy, mom." <laughs> it's <is> creepy. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So you find yourself in a library mm-hmm. that you finally got into last time, and the bottom floor of this facility, which you're still trying to piece together exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, when we left off, you had found some architectural schematics indicating that this was some facility that had been used long ago to study a magical ley line that uh, exists down here somewhere by the elves but at some point after they disappeared it was converted into this weird mystical Mm -hmm. necromantic place that you have experienced thus far and that's about as far as you had found when we ended the episode Mm -hmm. but there are still papers to be looked at and books to be explored one of the players is like reading. Octavia's <laughs> like, mm, so there are still. You're standing in front of this great big mahogany desk yes. in the middle of this library, with big towering bookshelves standing menacingly on all of the walls, mm-hmm. staring down at you with their pagey little eyes. Hey now, that, that was off work. the dome, so. So there's lots of books here, mm-hmm. and in front of as you, on, as one finds in a library, there is that passageway out the back right. leading to a something that is glowing faintly, and it's bluish, bluish, right? whitish, okay. yeah, um, glow huh. coming from there. In front of you on this desk, in addition to these architectural drawings. There's a few more loose leaves that seem to be related to the architectural okay. schematics. And then there's another of these notebooks that you found several Ooh! of in different rooms oh, yes. sitting next to it. So. All right. Well, I mean, we're going to dive first to that journal notebook thing. Okay. This is a notebook. It is, as you open it and flip through it, uh, you find it is written in draconic like okay. the others. Although some of the others were written in Elven and notated in Draconic, this is pretty much entirely in uh, Draconic script. This notebook has an assortment of miscellaneous things. It's got a few sections. As you're just paging through it, you find that a good bulk of it is devoted to more necromantic 
musings. So you'd found a notebook uh-huh. in the necromantic lab that had been more of the technical aspects yeah. of things. This is a bit more of the big picturey type thing. Like, kind of like philosophy behind it. Kind of. And okay. you, again, without taking, you know, six <laughs> hours to sit down and read it cover to cover, you gather in you and Carhoon's perusings that whatever was writing this was not just trying to reanimate things because necromancy is generally well-established magic, Mm -hmm. but was toying with the ideas of trying to just animate things, essentially create life from nothing and achieve a power akin to uh, the the three deities themselves. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. And I'll, because these episodes are all spread out and the lore has come in like an hour every week for 40 weeks, I'll piece a few things together uh, that you and Garoon can sort of make these connections in your head. Okay. Or maybe the Carhoon can piece them together. (laughs) And he could communicate them to our dumb Uh, heroine. Carhoon is saying, it's... I think this is starting to make a little bit more sense. So my knowledge of the first elves and the judgment and the dragon war and all of this, I know that when the war was concluded, when the chromatic dragons uh, were victorious over the metallic dragons and the elves and they either slew them or pushed the elves into hiding deep, deep underground from what we can piece together from the uh, Tome of Belvedere and other such writings. There was a period in which they existed content, but after a while there were searches for essentially subjects because Hmm. they had dominion over the world, but (laughs) what's a king without a kingdom, so they say. And we know, although we know very little specifics, there is writing of these great dragons using all the power at their at their fingertips and delving deep into the darkness to try to create their own life to achieve a power akin to the gods to make their own creations to rule over. And based on everything we have seen here, based on these necromantic abominations and these writings and the clear indication of some sort of draconic presence, this may have been one such attempt or sort of a, a testing facility, a, a laboratory to try to refine and perfect a way to create something to rule over so would it be the the dragons themselves were trying to do this from what we can gather and there are scant sources right yes the 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 dragons the chromatic dragons effectively alone the sole power in moir the three were sitting idly by in their eyes, not interfering at that point, and so they did what they could. They 
tapped into whatever power they had and searched beyond it into the the depths of of the arcane and profane to effectively yeah, create their own life. I mean, is uh, on just a practical point, like, is this a place that's big enough for a dragon to be able to fit through these passageways and these halls? I am not sure exactly. It seems that something a dragon size may have existed in that large chamber we found off the bedchamber. Right, but I mean, if they're the... I, I guess they could have found some sort of minions to do their more nimble, like... There's clear evidence of, of minions, yes. Yeah. I mean, if they're accomplishing magic of the sort to try to create life, perhaps they had some sort of magic to allow them uh, a proxy or a more manageable size. Oh. I mean, Can such things are not incredibly... form? It's possible. We know very little of dragon magic. Okay. But, I mean, it's it's possible for creatures today to take very very different shapes and if they were we as, know that well yeah if they were as skilled with magic as this facility seems to indicate then it's entirely possible for that to happen oh okay. interesting is there any indication that I, I mean like what what like what carapaces would they use to put a I mean these things they they were creating were they intelligent I mean eh, it's hard to say the ones we've seen the ogre clearly oh, was not, no, but yeah. the white we faced had a certain intelligence to That's it. True. And the flame skull even, I mean, with pursuing us, it kind of, you know, knew uh, that we were there. And oh, Possibly, possibly. Hmm. It's, it's clear that necromancy alone was not achieving the goals they wanted. Hmm. So whether they were trying to imbue new life into old husks or to create forms of their own design. It's hard to say, but this would be a good place to do it with a magical ley line nearby. It's a lot of power. Octavia's gonna look down at that crystal that she's been holding. Mm-hmm. Has it Now that we kind of are, are seeing this weird light down that other hallway, is it reacting at all? I'll say it's reacting very Faintly, you would get the idea that that We're glow right is probably yeah. okay. Probably it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and looking around, well, looking at this desk, is there anything in? Are there drawers? I mean, these are all just <laughs> handy papers on the top. Where there are there drawers or anything else in it? There's some drawers. Um, if you look through them, you find more assorted papers, mostly essentially clarifications to the architectural things and some, some more anatomical diagrams. Nothing that really sheds a ton of new light onto what you, you don't know. Okay. Roll an investigation check. Yes. First roll of the episode. Uh, Octavia rolls a... An 11, and Carhoon, 14. You find a couple sheets of paper 
that are all sort of like bound together. Okay. And what instantly catches your eye is there's a sort of schematic drawing of what you recognize to be the chest that the hag is standing uh, over. Okay. And Carhoon is looking through some of these papers and he sees in some of the corners where on like legal documents you would have to initial he finds mm-hmm. the initials JTW JTW mm-hmm. Either of you may make a history check Alright, Octavia non-natural one <laughs> and for Carhoon, 13 13 uh, Carhoon being a scholar believes that JTW stands for Jasulka the White being the White Dragon. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Okay. Yes, that, uh, that seems to put it all together now. Do you think that, well, I mean, do you think I should talk to Fulmis at all? Now that we could maybe name... I don't think she's going to be able to help us any. Yeah, I mean... She didn't seem incredibly helpful the last time you tried to talk to her. So I think once we have some results, then we can maybe... True. And I don't want to... Our relationship is still tenuous, so I don't want to be constantly, you know, just being like... Hey, ancient dragon! I, a small person, am before you. (laughs) She has had a lot of time to plan. Yeah. So... Yes. We should okay. be careful with yes. any and all of them. How times we contact her are understandable. Are there any stories of what they're like or, I mean, what type of temperament they had? or? It's... Yeah, have him roll another history check. Exact same as before, a 13. Eh, the writing on the actual dragons themselves is very limited. The, the few sources we have are from before the war itself because nobody was really documenting the chromatic dragons right. after they turned. Right. It's almost surprising though that they didn't document about themselves. It seems it seems odd that they wouldn't write songs about themselves. Well, perhaps they did. Perhaps they didn't survive. Perhaps they're still out there somewhere and we just have to find them. Honestly, the amount of information we have about the time before the judgment is extremely limited. But... What little I can remember is, honestly, this is a bit surprising. Uh, The white was never shown to be one of much intellect in the the early writings. He was more of a uh, physical defender. So for him to be kind of pursuing these intellectual arts is... I mean, that seems kind of counterintuitive. It seems... yeah... It's not exactly what I would have expected. Perhaps a green? Or even the blue, but white? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And she's going to take a look around the rest of the books to see, you know, if they say anything on the spines. You know, kind of what... Well, you still have the papers on the chest. Oh, right. The schematics. And then you can look at the books. Yes, yes. So for the chest, now that you've found it and you're looking at it, um, it's filled with dra- it's filled with draconic writing, but also uh, 
magical arcane runes that are the book itself and the papers themselves don't have power but it seems to be like the the plans for enchanting this chest so you get the sense that it is clearly magical and based on the extent and the fact that you have very little idea what this does and Carhoon even takes a look at it and you can have either of you roll an arcana check if you want Uh, but immediately off the bat he's not entirely sure what what's going on yeah just a 14 for Carhoon yeah he, he can't really get a good sense of what sort of magic it might be but it seems to be relatively high level it seems to be pretty powerful and just some of the draconic uh, writings about it seem to indicate that this was a container of Jisulka's power is is something that it says you're not entirely sure what that would mean in this context does it mention the hag at all or it does not okay and it doesn't mention the ice because we're pretty sure that the ice was cast by one of the mages. Yes. Okay. And Carhoon does still have those spell books that he will look right. into at uh, whenever you, a lot of you would like. Yeah, have a downtime. Okay. If you look at uh, the rest of the books yeah. on the shelves around the library, most, the vast majority of them are written in Elven. They seem okay. to be plundered Elvish books. Most of them dealing with various aspects of magic. A lot of them dealing with philosophies of life and death and animation and reanimation and just as many different writings on those subjects as possible. Did they seem like they were gathered by the dragon? You can't. It's hard to say. Okay. I mean, it fits with like, the motif of okay. what he was apparently trying to do down here. But, but it's like hard to say. The li- but the library was original to the original like leyline research facility, right? The rooms were. Oh, but we wouldn't necessarily know what they. You wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily oh, assume okay. that this was an original fixture. Okay. Or that these books would have been there. Maybe okay. some of them were. Maybe some of them weren't. Maybe this whole library was carted in. Maybe it was patched together. Okay. It's hard to say exactly. Um, and, and what condition are these books in? I know it's stone in here. They're very cold and brittle. Okay. And very, very old. So probably not great condition. Right. And it's, I'll say, I mean, it's relatively damp. Ish. Okay. I mean, it's all icy, and so even though it might not feel, it's obviously not like humid, but there's lots of ice and water vapors, so not great condition, okay. but okay. potentially with care they could be recovered if either of you had the time or desire. Okay, because I mean, that. Octavia is just like again, you're the scholar, Carhoon, but I mean, oh, I could spend a lifetime. This is a library year. of first. Oh yeah, this is. This is a, a big, a big find. If this whole war thing ever dies down, we should definitely come back here. But I, I fear that if we were to try to uncart these now, it would probably fare poorly for these books. Oh, so we sh- shouldn't try to take them with us? If there's some that seem extraordinarily relevant, perhaps. But being able to save this entire library 
during this wartime, we have no safe haven to return to That's currently. True. I don't know how we're going to carry a library full of books with us. I think, unfortunately, we're just going to have to try to maybe take what we can, but I books are heavy and they take up a lot of space. And if there's okay, yeah, and if they're so brittle, I just want to, you know, if there was a chance for. Oh yeah, if there were not higher stakes here, I I would, you would be hard pressed to get me out of this room. <laughs> okay, well, if that is kind of the extent of the furniture, that desk, and if we've seen, it's basically just a desk and a chair and all these bookshelves. All right, well, gesturing towards this hallway that has this light coming f- for uh. uh from it Mm -hmm. you know Octavia will be like onward and upward he looks at the books I guess we're here to do a job yeah let's go alright and we will start heading down that hallway so you begin heading down the hallway and you can feel the crystal in your hand or pouch or wherever you have mm-hmm. it. It does start to react faintly, just sort of like sputtering like a spark plug or something. Okay. Just kind of, like a fluorescent light that's dying, oh, kind of sputtering a little bit as you get closer and closer. You wander down this hall and it winds a bit. It's not incredibly far, but it's just got some twists and turns so you can't look straight on okay. down it. And again, is this hall natural? This or? seems to be a... The hallway sort of matches up with the naturally occurring cave. Okay. So it seems like this facility was built because they knew somehow that there was a ley line here. Okay. But the whatever is housing that ley line was naturally occurring. Okay. So you head down this hallway for a little while and after a few twists... Uh, you can see it ends and opens up into a much larger, again, a, a very wide uh, expanse, a, a huge naturally forming cavern that spreads out in front of you. Okay. It's made of stone, but along the floor is just like a sheen of ice. And there's these swirling iridescent motes of bluish white light in the center of the room that's almost like if wind was made out of neon oh. uh, swirling around a central stone pedestal that is lighting up this chamber oh my and gosh. your crystal begins glowing a bit more strongly okay how big is this chamber not quite as big as the giant claw marked cave, okay. but it's still probably a good 100, 150 feet across. Okay. And there's just like from three points around this generally circular shaped cavern, there's these wisps of this blue white light that are huh. just floating along, sparkling as they coalesce at the center in front of or atop this pedestal almost like a if you took a bunch of glow sticks and broke them in half and threw it into a tornado yeah that is so cool oh my gosh that is so cool that's a good way to describe it (gasps) so does this pedestal seem crafted or it's hard to tell okay you would guess probably loud in here with these wisps like Uh, oh there's some it kind of sounds like a, a rushing wind but it's not blow your ears out okay. loud. It's not like tornado loud, but it's definitely like, Ooh. Okay. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, and the then the thing is starting the crystal starting to glow a bit more. Yes. Okay. Um, we're gonna just do some just start us off with some good old perception checks. Alrighty. Alright, Octavia rolls. A natural twenty mm-hmm. for a total of twenty-six. Twenty-six. And um, should I even roll for car here? Yeah, you can if you want. Eighteen. So you can tell that that pedestal, yeah, it looks like it was man-made. It does not look like a naturally occurring pedestal. Likely put there to harness or study this magical phenomenon. You see these things wisping around, and I guess with a natural 20, there are some surrounding the pedestal. You can see some slight, like moving discoloration underneath or within the ice itself. On the floor. On the floor. Because the whole floor is covered in The whole floor is like a sheen of ice. A sheen of ice. And it almost looks like, if you were looking at a frozen river, it almost looks like, you know, maybe a a big fish floating around, but you're relatively confident this is not a river. It doesn't have that sort of... It's not like a lake, but it almost looks like if you were looking down, you know, you'd see the big discolored shapes moving around. Moving around. But so far it's been like a stone floor. So far it's been like a stone floor, yes. But in here, and as you get into the uh, opening, you're hit with just like a really extra icy, chilly Mm. blast of I was going to ask, is it especially cold in here? Yes, it is very cold. Okay. So do with that knowledge what you will. And how far away is the pedestal? It's in the center of the room. And for ease of D&D measurements, we'll say it's about 120 foot diameter. So the pedestal is in the center, about 60 feet away from it. Okay. And the, these moats are emitting light, so it's... Yes. There's a constant stream of, like, little moats. And, like, if you when you take a long exposure mm-hmm. of a highway... Yes. Okay. Okay. So, but the so the cavern's decently lit. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can see, okay. for the most part. And what's the ceiling like? Is it? It's a cavernous cavern- ceiling. Okay. It's semi-domed, but nothing much of note up there. Okay. Rough rock. And what's happening here in this middle where they, all of these moats are coalescing? Uh, these three streams are just coming together into this neon tornado that's just sort of whipping about this center. And we don't feel any different, like our our, our skin's not getting goosies or anything. No, right? I mean, you've probably got a shiver because it's significantly cold in here. <laughs> right. But okay. no great magical things awakening inside you. Okay. What do you do? Well, Octavia's gonna turn to Carhoon and be like, this ley line, you know, this, this power is obviously fascinating, but if... If Jusulka's, if if their power is, you know, quote, you know, their power is contained in this chest on the first floor, should our priority be studying the spell that is encasing the chest and that ice, and should we be studying that the schematics of the chest a bit more? I mean, as much as I'm really curious about this this phenomena that we see mm-hmm. from in front of us, but. It's it's kind of like what you mentioned with with the uh, the furnace and everything. I mean, it's a curiosity, but is it actually helping us towards our goal? It's fair enough. I can if if we can close that stone door and we're relatively certain we're alone in here, we can take some time and 
see if we can get an idea of what is encasing that chest to begin with. That, that might be a good idea, because that, you know, and then maybe we'd have to use the ley line to, for something else, or, or, or whatever, but then we'd, I feel like we'd have a bit more information, because that chest does seem to be, in the long run, pretty important. Let's try it. All right. So we're actually, yeah, we're going to retreat back into the library, and we're going to shut the door, and we're going to lock it from the inside, if we can, I say we can, and, you know, Octavia will sit sit Carhoon down with his his, uh, his scrolls and the schematics, and, I mean, she, you know, she'll help him as much as she can to translate things or mm. whatever yeah so the two of you sit down and there's three spell books so you both start pouring over mm-hmm. one give me both of you give me an investigation check octavia three okay and carhoon 11 so it takes a while takes a bit more time than maybe you would have liked mm-hmm but after several hours of searching and poring over these tomes and trying to decipher the arcane symbols and the elven notes and all this stuff, you come to a general understanding of the enchantment that these elven mages put on this hag and this ice. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to be that they created some amount of ice encasing the hag just in general non-magic regular old ice and then once she was trapped for the time being took some time to enchant the ice so that it would not be able to be melted easily because they figured after some time either it would melt naturally someone would stumble upon it and try to you know melt it to see what happens or maybe the hag from within would be able to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get herself out some way Uh, so they put this enchantment on the ice so that it would it's still ice it can still melt as you saw but it's got uh, extra regenerative properties and basically can only be melted from magical sources and that melting is counteracted to the best of their ability by this quick regeneration. Okay. So you get the sense that if you did want to melt it, you would need a some sort of magical fire source or heat source, and you would need to apply it in such a way to counteract that regeneration. Okay. What does that mean, apply it in such a way to counter the regeneration? You saw what it did when you just magically got rid of the ice. Right. It came back. After, you know, a moment. So either perhaps doing something so intense that you could melt a huge enough section of it to free the chest or applying whatever you're going to melt it with uh, at such an intensity and just a duration that the rate at which it is melting is... Okay. Faster than the rate at which it can regenerate. Okay, okay, those make sense. I mean, is this something that we can just dispel? Is is this an enchantment that... I am not... I am a fighter, not a mage. I do not know the extent of your uh, magical prowess, but this seems like a relatively involved high level... (laughs) If I were to put it in those terms, a higher level enchantment that... Perhaps with what we are working with right now, 
might not be able to. Perhaps an archmage or a powerful, you know, wizard or spellcaster. Okay. I'm not sure if it's within us to simply dispel the enchantment. Okay. Okay, well now at least we know that there's something that we could potentially do. Yes. Okay. And then, is there anything in the, with spending this time, is there anything that we can learn about the chest itself? Because the chest itself seems to be magical. The chest itself does seem to be magical. You know that? You know it's protected by something. There are two enchantments on this chest. One is a protection, and one is a, uh, to whatever function this chest has, that's the other enchantment. Neither of you, as you both rolled to see if you could figure out what it was, Mm -hmm. are entirely sure exactly the the nature of either of those enchantments, so it's sort of a, you're probably going to have to get a closer look and see what you can do from there. Okay. Well, now that we know that that ice can potentially be melted, Mm -hmm. what do you say about turning the furnace on and having at least that room be hotter to give us an edge to melting it. Because if we turn the furnace on and it's, you know, pumping hot air into that room, then anything that we do to try to melt it in addition to that, there's at least a constant warmth that will be, you know, helping us along type of thing. Yeah, we could try that. You know, because it's already so cold now that, I mean, it's already, it's in its prime element right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could use some some heat. Yeah, I don't think I would also be like, you know, my fingertips are starting to turn purple type yeah, of thing. I'm, and I'm chilly. I'd like to be able to keep the tip of my nose. That sounds like a, a good call to me. So what, what do we need to do to turn that on? So from my understanding, we need to power this cell, this fuel cell, this gem thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, ostensibly from the ley line somehow. And then I, I think it was the 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 air pump portion that was a little bit um, broken, and I think we have the cogs for. It seemed like maybe just uh, something that we could repair. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I know that that pipe on the first floor is broken, but if it's just hot air, you know, it's it would still at least go into the room. As opposed to, you know, being nicely circulated around the baseboard type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you... Power the crystal, that fix the pump. Yeah. Light the fire. And then... Let's do it. You know, the, the ice might start melting, but then, and then if it, if it does, great. And then if it doesn't, we'll try something in addition to it. Sounds good. Okay. So what first... So we need to power this thing. Well, we'll need to fix the pump. We, and we need to figure out a way to ignite those fire crystals. Right. Which we know how, but we'll have to make it. Right. Do we want to try to fix the pump first, or do we want to just deal with this whole charging of this fuel cell since we're here? I mean, we can do it since we're here. Well, I mean, it's... Your call. It's a little questionable, you know, having dealing with this it's wild me. <laughs> dealing with this wild magic and I'm not super keen on it. Just honestly, but let's deal with this ley line while we're here. Alright. Alright, so they are going Did that take what, about an hour ish or so, maybe? Or Did what? The, just kind of the studying of the uh, it the took books a couple hours, yeah. Stuff. Okay. 
So we will go back down, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. We'll go back down that winding road towards the ley line and kind of go back to the entryway and see what this mysterious shape underneath this ice is doing. So you, are you just standing at the entrance looking yeah, in? Yeah, we're going to stand at the entrance again. And and I think it was Octavia who had seen it before and she's going to point it out to Carhoon and be like, I mean, I know the floor is stone, but there's this there's this shadow that's, you know, skating under the ice as though it's, you know, a big fish under yeah. a pond. And it is most likely not friendly. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I am not sure what to do about that. Octavia's going to take a step onto that ice. A step on? Nothing seems to change. Do you think that it would be pressure scent like sense the pressure like footsteps type of situation I'm not sure uh maybe as I take took that step forward does the battery do anything no it's no. still just kind of flickering okay I, I hesitate to go so far away from you with who knows what could happen but what do you think about my flying over there not letting my feet touch it and maybe it won't be able to tell that we're there mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. How long can you fly for? A minute. A minute. Hmm. It's not very long in grand scheme of things, but if, you know, if I flop over there really quickly... Give me one sec. And he pulls out the notebook that gave you the details Mm. on this battery and thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looks like it will take... With that amount of magical power and the relatively low requirement of an air pump, it should only take 30 seconds to a minute to give us at least a few hours, if not a day's worth of, of operation. So you might be able to fly out there, place it, and fly back. It'll be tight, though. So, so it seems from the notes that I, you have to like place it there and wait for a little bit. For yeah, it to you have to. Okay. You, it seems that the crystal has to go within this flow of magic, and it has to remain there essentially to be charged right. for about thirty seconds, which should give us a day, maybe less, of operation. Okay. Which I can't imagine will need much uh, more than that. Hope not. Seriously. So. Okay. Well, um, I feel like this is maybe as good of an option as as we have right now, so... Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I th- if, th- if this can get us away from having to deal with some sort of subterranean ice creature, I would... <laughs> it sounds good to me. So she is going to, you know, like, move her shoulders a little and bursting out of her back form to spiritual wings all right you pop your wings Mm. what Mm. is your fly speed 30 30 so it's 60 feet away so it will take you i guess one round of dashing Mm -hmm. so six seconds to get there and then it would take six seconds to get six seconds to get back 30 seconds there all right so you pop your wings and immediately start flying how far off the ground how tall is this tornado of a thing it basically goes from the pillar basically up to the ceiling. I mean, basically as far away from the ice as she can then. Because she wants to be like, if something leaps out of the ice, like, 
Mm-hmm. She wants to not just be a foot above it so that I can easily catch her. She wants to be like mm-hmm. probably pretty close to the ceiling. Then. Okay, you fly along the ceiling and you get to the center and there's this mystical beam in front of you. Can I just hold it in? You hold it in, it starts to glow weakly, but it seems like it's more concentrated near the bottom. <laughs> well, she'll go down and and she'll start descending until... It seems like it's actually really starting to get a charge. And there's a there's a nice little divot on the pedestal that you can see now that you're looking at it from above, where a nice little crystal shaped thing would would actually tink. fit. Sit. Okay. Can she fly upside down, like with her head down? You know, like you, you know, classic Superman. He's always like mm-hmm. floating like a upright person. But can mm-hmm. she do it the other other way? Do you want to try? I don't know. But <laughs> it would probably be difficult just the way wings are shaped that's true so she'll just she'll kind of glide down and seeing that it's not working as well closer to the ceiling she will plop it into the divot plop it into the divot and once it sits there and it's stable after a second or two it starts glowing a bit more brightly mm, okay good as the magical energies wrap gonna, like, around stage it stage whisper i think it's working mm-hmm. the shadow Yes. Moving around the floor. Yes. Can I do a perception check on it now that I'm even closer? What do you want to know about it? Well, just does it, is it just a blob? Can I sense now that I'm, you know, right above it? Can I see that it has a discernible shape or anything? It's just sort of a blob. Okay. And that blob, once you click the uh, crystal down into the pedestal, the blob, it's almost like it feels it and it (laughs) darts under it so that the, the circle is basically... Uh, in a ring around the pedestal and then it breaks into four littler blobs and go out about 10 feet so that's on like a a 10 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot cube square Uh with one little dark shape at each corner and the icy floor begins to crackle and up from the floor form very big almost Kraken-like icy tentacles. What? That reach up what? around this pedestal and begin swatting <gasps> at you. Oh my gosh! Roll initiative. Okay. He's Louise. All right. Octavia gets a eight. Okay. Roll for Carhoon too. Carhoon gets a fifteen. All right, so these four tentacles at uh, equal points around the pedestal spring up. Oh, my gosh. Made entirely of ice. Oh, my gosh. Carhoon sees this. Yes. And he is up first. Okay. What does he do? He is going to, uh, you know, seeing me in the air and these tentacles like goodness gracious this dude has seen some wild stuff in his life indeed he has like there's an angel surrounding a tornado of light and tentacles made out of ice like that's that's just bizarre so he's going to he's like just another day at the office like run forward 30 feet and he's going to un okay so if the tentacles are 10 feet out from they're about 50 feet away from him okay so he's going to go forward. You know what? No, he's not. He's not going to go forward at all. Okay. He is going to unsling the, you know, longbow from his back. Mm-hmm. And he's going to, you know, steady, you know, steady his footing 
and is going to, you know, take that calming breath, and he's going to loose two arrows at at one of the tentacles. We can say it's like, I don't know, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock. One near him? Yes. Okay. All right. 13 to hit. That's a miss. Okay. It just like glances off that ice and he will knock another arrow. Ooh, a natural 18. Oh, so close to a critical for him. So close, but not quite. Okay. Five piercing. Great. So Carhoon shoots two arrows. The four tentacles are going to do something. Things. Oh no. Three of them are gonna swat at you. Okay. So how tall are these tentacles? They're pretty tall. Do they like almost reach the ceiling? They probably get about halfway. So fifteen feet long, we'll say. Okay. Alright, so three of them are gonna make one attack each at you. Okay. One of them is a miss, that's a nine. Okay, one of that's them a miss. is a ooh, twenty-two. That's a hit. One of them is a Look, an eight. Also so a you're miss. only gonna take one hit for eight points of bludgeoning, but okay. that is it. And the fourth tentacle, the one that Carhoon shot actually, retracts into the ground, and you see that dark blob dart thirty feet toward Carhoon. Okay. And it is your turn now. Okay. So the so the, now there are only three tentacles, right? Above the ground, because one... Yes. There are three right true. above you, and one of them is in the ice heading for Carheen. Okay. Octavia is going to extend her hand to this icy... I keep th- thinking this is like an ice skating rink type of situation. Kind of, yeah. Um, and she is going to let down a flaming sphere. Okay. How close are any of those guys, those tennies, right, to, each, to other? each other? Yes. I think I had said 10 feet, but they're really about 15 feet apart from each other. And they're It's each... like a square 15 foot on a side. Okay. Centered on the pillar. Okay. And they're each just five feet. They occupy like a five foot square. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she is going to uh, send down a um, flaming sphere from up above. And she is going to use her bonus action to ram it into okay. um, dealer's choice uh, one of the tentacles. Sure. So please make a dexterity saving throw. I'm sure I don't know how dexterous a tentacle would be. <laughs> well, tentacles are pretty dexterous and they, they're not like rooted. They can kind of oh, okay. wiggle around. They're like part of the ice. That's so weird. Ten. Oh, you are a fail! So you are going yeah, to I take... am not a fail. Oh, I, I made a fail. You're, you're... You are a failure! <laughs> you're a failure! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now that Octavia's seen these tentacles, can she turn into one? No, they're not a beast. <laughs> Only four fire damage. You feel like it did more than four. That's, that's what I thought. And I am also going to fly to the ceiling. You fly sh- 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 up. It is Carhoon's turn. Okay. One of them is heading towards him, but he has his bow in his hand. He is going to take... He's never been on the ice. Correct. He is going to back up 20 feet. 
back mm-hmm. into the tunnel. Okay. And I know it was a bit windy. He's not going to back up to the point where he can't see what's happening. Okay. And he's going to knock an arrow. Mm-hmm. And he's going to shoot at one of the tentacles that's still up. Okay. Because it would still be within yep. his range. Natural 18! Nice. Oh, also, though, so close to his his critical, his critical range. Crit. All right, five piercing. So is he shooting at the one that you just hit? That's sure. The one. Okay. Sure. And he is going to shoot, shoot another? again. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen total. Yep. Wow, I keep rolling the same thing. So another five piercing. All right, five piercing. Shing, shing. I'm imagining it's kind of like actually kind of pretty as like as the arrows hit these tentacles, like little shards, you know, are like flying off, and it's like kind of da- diamond esque. It's for me. Oh, yeah. It's very Sailor Moon in my mind right now, like that that traditional like '90s anime like clinking sound as yeah. these as this ice is like breaking off. Oh, yeah, very magical girl with all of this like very whirling magical. light in the sky. So, <laughs> well, you have three of them. Okay. And one going for Carhoon. Mm-hmm. So how far did he back up? Twenty feet. Twenty feet. Uh, so the one that was heading towards him, we'll just start with it. It sh- gets all the way to the edge pops out and realizing somehow that Carhoon is not within its melee range. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Although I could just be a butt and say that it's made of ice so it just extends itself an extra five feet. Yeah. Uh, but I won't. I mean uh, you could. It's your prerogative. It wheels back and like almost whips itself and the tip <gasps> of it sh- detaches and flies off towards Carl. Oh, that's so cool! That's awful, but that's so cool! I rolled a 19 on the die, so that's probably gonna be a hit. He takes 7 piercing. Okay. But that is it for that one. And the other 3 on the ground are gonna do similar things to you. So this is 3 icy darts heading your way. Okay. First one is a... 13 to hit. Miss! The second one is a... Ugh. Worse. So that is a miss. miss. And the third one is a... Natural 20. Oh, no! Unfortunately, this is not an important enough thing to give it crit cards. So Which I'm glad about because I don't be, want a crit card against me. You will not be getting crit upon, but I will be doing double damage. Oh, damages. dear. I rolled a 2 and a 1. So you take five points of ice. Uh, five points of piercing. Although it might also okay. be cold, because they're ice shards. This well, is a semi-homebrew monster. So I, I guess either one, if I it makes a difference. I have resistance to neither, so that All right. does not matter. Uh, so three of those fail miserably. Okay. Now what about? I mean, there's been a. Isn't there a fourth blob that's kind of or a fifth blob that's been inactive? Nope. That's been right underneath the pedestal. It split into four. Okay. And those four are the tentacles. Okay. So it is your turn, Octavia. Okay. Well, I am going to use my bonus action. Oh, uh. First, I'm gonna roll a concentration check. Good. Keeping yourself honest. Ooh, that's con, right? Yes. Ooh, as one of those shards just like kind of hit uh-huh. her in the shoulder, like you, you see her staff kind of like, you know, slip a couple inches like further down and she's distracted as she's flying, she's cold, and the flaming she sphere failed. underneath just ooh, steams up into oblivion. Now, 
to keep myself honest, does it do anything if something is next to it on the start oh, of their shoot, turn? Oh, shoot, it does. So um, I will retroactively give you that okay, before so it Okay, so make a deck save. Fail. Okay. Two so. on the die. Same one, I'm assuming. Correct. Ooh. Eight fire. Eight fire. One of them is not looking great. It's got chunks missing. It's melting near the base, uh, but your flaming sphere disappears. Mm, okay. And now it's your turn. Okay. Do you know Firebolt? Probably not. <laughs> that was always something my wizard friends knew. I never got it. Oh, that's unfortunate. I don't know how susceptible they'd be to poison. Probably not, Barry. Oh, that's what I was thinking, too. Okay. Good, Good dog. <laughs> All right. What do you do? Um, she is just uh, going to kind of use her same trick here. And out of her just hand. another flaming yeah, sphere? just making another flaming sphere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. She's kamehameha-ing it again and shooting it down at them. So at that same, same one. one, yeah. Uh, that's going to be a pass. 17. Okay, that is a pass, but you still take half. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight. So you take four and whatever it. It is one very skinny tendril, mm. but it is still there. I'm ready for beach season. Mm-hmm. All right, it is Carhoon's turn if that's the end of yours, if you're still flying. Is there any kind of, like, evasive... <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have taken, like, a dodge action, mm-hmm. but is there any sort of... It. Can I fly anywhere that I think would be... I mean, I guess I'm already out of their... You're out of their melee anyway, range. So. Yeah. yeah, I'll just kind of keep circling, the, and I'm going to keep my eye on the crystal, and so when it, like, dings like a microwave and keeping my on, eye on it being full of energy am i mm-hmm. can i see that it's you know glowing brighter it's not or... quite halfway there okay but it's something i can yeah. kind of keep an eye on perfect yep that will be the end of octavius turn all right Carhoon. all right well he is going to you know do the same thing as he always does and he's mm-hmm. also going to knock well ha- wait the tentacle reached into the it fired a thing and it's right on the edge of the doorway he is going to run up to it and hit it with his axe. Okay. Because now that he's kind of lured it to the edge, he mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to worry about the other three quite as much quite yet. So he's going to swing once with his axe. 18. That's a hit. 12 slashing. And he will swing yet again. 12 to hit. 12 is a miss. Okay. So, you know, got it in the first and got some ice in his eye in the second swing. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't connect type of thing. Yep. All right, so that is Carhoon's turn. He's mm-hmm. right up on it. Uh, so this thing is going to... So he's, yeah, like kind of, I guess, right in the doorway. Uh, so it's going to swing at Carhoon okay. for a 22 to oh, hit. That does hit. That is 10 points of bludgeoning. Ooh. And then the three around the pedestal are going to fling icy shards up at you. So the first one is a... Miss, two on the die. The mm. second one is a 13, eight on the die, mm. which is a miss. And the third one is a Fingers four on the die. Yes! Terrible. Woo! Terrible. Nice. Terrible. Oof. Well, terrible, I mean, you know, terrible. she's dodging around. She's flitting about. She's not very big. Mm-hmm. You know. Give that one a uh, uh, flaming sphere. Yes. It takes half damage regardless. Correct. What's the damage? Nah, uh, nine, so ha- halved. So it melts. Okay. 
one of them shatters. <laughs> Perfect. So that's what they do really horribly. And we come back to Carhoon's turn. Okay. Well, he is already toe-to-toe um, with this one tentacle in front of him. So mm-hmm. he's just going to, again, give it the yield one-two with his right axe. Sounds good. 13 to hit. 13 is a miss. Ah, okay. And he will swing again. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a bit better. Natural 13. That'll do. And so, nine slashing. And then, because he has multi-attack, he still can use a bonus action, right? Yes, he can. Okay, he is going to use his second wind. All right. And get some more. He's just going to, like, steal himself and feel like some revitalization flows through his veins. All right, so Carhoon does that. Heals up a little bit. I'll let you roll that. The one in front of him is going to make another attack, and we'll see if this one breaks its hot streak and the other ones break their cold streak. Ah, cold streak. No, it rolled a 17 on the dice. So Carhoon is going to take another eight points of bludge and two, because one of them is done, two of these uh, tentacles are going to fling icy shards at you. The first one is a... Oh my gosh. How how much to Carhoon again? Uh, Eight. So the first roll is another 13, which is a miss. And the second roll is a... Natural 19, which will be a hit on you. So you are hit with another one of these icy shards and take seven points of piercing. That was a good, good, good roll. Good and rolling. Yeah. And now it comes to you. (laughs) Um, I am Should Kahoon become a German? (laughs) Good. Guten (laughs) Boden. Sorry to all our German listeners. All right, go ahead. Maybe October. He just October pops up with a pretzel in one hand. And a beer in the other. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so she is going to, as a bonus action... Shrek the elf. Sorry. All right, I'm done. <laughs> She's going to, as her bonus action, um, just ram one of the remaining tentacles with her flaming sphere. So make a dexterity saving for 19 on the die. That's oh. pass. Okay. We still take half. Uh, six, so you take three. So you do that. Can you? Is that a bonus action to do that? That's a bonus action. Okay. okay. I'm gonna. Would I just intuit that poison spray would do literally nothing with them? You might get that idea. Okay. They don't breathe. Yeah, that's what I figured. As my action, I'm going to take out the gem, fire gem, mm-hmm. and I want to do another like investigation check to see if it would explode if I threw it. That is something you feel would take longer than six seconds. Okay. Or you don't think you could figure that out in six seconds. Or, okay. Can I find out, can I pull it out and still, like, find out something about it in six seconds? I mean, I can do an investigation check. So I should If you want to use your action. Yeah, I want to use my action. Okay. Oh, you just want to know if it will explode if you drop mm-hmm. it? Or throw it. Or throw it. With force. So investigation or nature, I don't know, or uh, perception, just to be like, oh, this looks volatile. Investigation or arcana. Okay. 17. You would have to check it pretty hard. Okay. So you think maybe, but you also know that it takes effectively simulated dragon fire to light it. Okay. Uh, so it... You you might be able to burst it open, but it would have to be pretty hard. Okay. okay. 
So dropping it might not do it unless you are extremely lucky. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. That would is your action. striking it with a, like if I hit it with something, would it burst? In your hand? Maybe. No, Again, like you would I have to it hit it very hard. I, like hit it with Carhoon's axe. Would you would have to hit it pretty hard. Oh. Also, Carhoon would get burnt. Right. Right. But, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, good to know. Yeah. So that's your action. Correct. You pull one of these orbs out. You look at it. Carhoon's like, attack them. I did. Okay. Uh, and it's Carhoon's turn. Okay. And he is, uh, he's still in melee with mm-hmm. that one, right? Okay. Yes. So he's going to, you know, his, his hands are getting frosty and stuff with the, the ice. He basically like has a has shaved ice in his hands mm-hmm. now. So he is going to swing again with his great axe. 13 again. That's a miss. So that'll be miss. Yep. Rolled two fives in a row, so that will also be a uh, miss. Miss. That is Just another miss. Ching, it, yeah. ching, ching. Not working out. Yeah, he's he just he's getting numb, so he just isn't as precise as he can normally be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one in front of him is taking another swang. I've been rolling really hot on my attacks against Carhoon, really cold on my attacks against you. And that is a nine to hit, which oh, is gonna miss Carhoon. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Carhoon so deserves it. Slams down next to him, but he dodges out of the way. And then you've got two things coming mm-hmm. towards you. Okay. One of them is a nineteen on the die. Oh, the other is it. a natural twenty. Oh my gosh! So why don't you? Oh my gosh! Let's resolve the flaming sphere okay. first. Okay, do me a deck save, please. 17 on the okay, die. Okay, so you'll take half of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll take four fire. So, one regular and one crit. You take 17 points of piercing Jeez. and or cold damage from two hits, granted. So shoom, shoom, two, strike in to you. But it comes to your turn. Well, I should do a concentration check. You should do a concentration check. Uh, so it would be the first hit was seven, and the second hit was ten. I rolled a natural 17. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. All right. It's my turn again? Yep. All right. Comes well, around to you. I will, um, I will ram again. All right. Same one? Yep. Fail five All on the right. die. Ooh, ten fire. All right, the second one just you melt the base of it off and it falls over and shatters into a million tiny icy pieces. Awesome. Ka-ching. Anything to do with your action action? I have been can totally forgot that each time I deal damage, I deal an additional six radiant damage because my wings are out. Oh. I haven't had my wings out for Is a little it any while. Any damage, all damage, or it's just like whenever melee I damage. deal damage, any with damage a spell at all. Or a, period. A, a, okay. a weapon. All right. So well, well unfortunately, can't, you will remember that. You remember that in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even have a I don't even have a wee little crossbow that I could. Dink, shoot something at really? them, so hmm. no. You should get a crossbow. I should get a crossbow. Again, she's just an herbalist. I mean, she has, she has, no, I mean, she has a staff. She has zero, True. zero melee weapons type of thing. Ranged. Um, so with thinking that poison spray is not going to be effective, she's just, well, can she dodge as her action then? Yeah. Yeah, so she'll dodge. Okay. So you would have disadvantage. disadvantage. Yep. 
And so we swing around the horn back to the top car. Ooh. All right, he is going to swing again. All right. Natural 14. It's a hit. With his plus, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's obscene. Yeah. 12 slashing. And then he will swing again. Do it. Mm, 15 to hit. That's a okay, hit. Hey, nice. Eight slashing. Eight. This thing is not looking great. Okay. The tentacle in front of him, but it is still up. Okay. And it is their turn. All so right. we've got one tentacle in front of Carhoon, which slams down again for a 12. Miss! And the second one flings a shard at you with, disad- mm-hmm. with disadvantage. Uh, one of them was a natural 20. Oh, yes. Why can't I roll like this in my other games? Jeez, um, you've been so that rocks. is still a 14. That is. Open. All right. 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 Save for the sphere. Well, didn't the one that it was right next to That's die right. last yep, round? Right. So. Right. And they're not within five no. feet of like that wouldn't be close to me. Okay. Your turn. Or it. I am going to use again. Just ram, ram, ram. So Fail. Deck save for alright. I got a three. Alright, so okay. Octavia just is like you know, it's kind of like a magnet you know how you can move magnets mm-hmm. and stuff follows it around, so she's just tracing her hand <laughs> over this ice <laughs> and this this little fireball f- far underneath her is fireball. just like Bumper carsing with these tentacles. It's like Pac-Man. Only four fire damage. Only oh, four. Oh, an additional six radiant. And I'm going to, as my action, take the dodge. Cool, 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 cool. As that happens, you hear a little ding, 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 like a microwave being done, <laughs> and the battery appears fully okay. charged, at least as fully charged as you need it to be. Carhoon's turn. Okay, well, I th- think he's seeing that the tentacle in front of him is not looking so hot. It's looking by it. So he is going to, you know, grip the grip his great axe even even harder as it's kind of his fingers are numbing and he feels it slipping and he is going to wail on it again. Okay. 18. 18 is a hit. Nine slashing. It shatters. Yes! Ka-ching! Okay. And so, if he wants to do anything else, he may. Can he like to move or bonus? He. How far away is the other tentacle that's still up? It is on the back end, okay. so it would be seventy-five feet away. Okay. And is it part of your move to draw a weapon or pick up move or? Um, Can he drop his axe and dropping is a free action. Yeah, and re pull out his longbow. He's not. He could move. drop the axe and he can pull out the longbow on the next turn. Okay, he'll do that then. He'll Sounds be good. ready for being able to. I count those free actions, and you can have one of those. So okay, um, good. I think that's what the rules are anyway. Okay, I can't quite remember. So so it is the last tentacle's turn. All right, which is going to. Fling one, probably last, maybe. Mm. Uh, shard at you with disadvantage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, that's gonna be a seven total, that which is a is miss. A so it flings wide, and then it comes to you. Well, Was there a flaming it, sphere it, next I'm, to it? Yes, yeah. it, there okay. is. 
Natural one. Yes! Oh, only five fire. Only five fire. Rolled pretty poorly, I'm Oh no. Six. Well, now it's your turn. All right. Well, I'm going to do it again, so. Make do it again. Make another deck save for me, do please. Do it again. 18 on the okay. dizzle. Okay. Well, you're going to only take half of this then. Oh, so this is eight fire, so you will take four fire and six radiant. It's looking bad. And I'm going to dodge. Okay. You don't want to fly down there, take one swing at it, end it right here and now? Nah. Fine. It's Carhoon's turn. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's cartoon deal with it. <laughs> I feel like it was just like this little fiery wrecking ball that's just like on a pendulum, like, bing. I came in like a flaming sphere. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Natural 14 for That's a cartoon a swing. Wait, a swing? Uh, sorry, a uh, ping hit. Pulls out his bow, shoots an arrow. Okay. Yes. That's a hit. Only four piercing. Okay. And Still up. She is going to knock another arrow. Ooh. Another natural 14. Hit. Same damage, four piercing. And it explodes. Yes! Woo! Nice. Yes. Okay. So the so... four tentacles stand in just little pieces Aww. scattered across the floor. Uh, this crystal in the center of this pedestal is glowing and humming mm. with energy. It is about done. And we will figure out how it powers the pump. Next week. Ooh. Or we'll find out next episode. I want to find out now. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I take us next out? Next time. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. A great way for us to grow and reach more people like you is for you to share us with your friends. So please tell your RPG group about us or anyone who you think might be interested in our game and in our story. Don't forget to send in your critical successes and critical fails to our email address at me, my spouse, and a die at gmail.com or feel free to pop on over to our website, me, my spouse, and a die.com to fill out our form to submit something that you think cool would happen at a critical success or a critical failure. If you want to get in touch with us just in general instances, we are active on social media. We are active on Instagram and Twitter, and our handle is at and a die podcast. Catch y'all next week. 